Time Sport podcast. Uh, I'm Chris Dutton returning to the hot seat to hopefully uh, make your ears feel a little bit better than the past couple of weeks while I've been away. Uh, in with me today, David Polkinghorn. Polky, thanks for coming in. You're welcome. <laughs> and Caden Helmers. Caden. How good, are you? <laughs> good to be in after a Newcastle win, is it? Oh, I'm on top of the world. I'm I'll not coming down on. from this height. Oh, yeah, especially after you walk in here, some bloke who's been just on holidays comes and just starts throwing throwing hand grenades mate. at you and then pretends I, that he's your mate. I learnt long ago in here that you need to throw the hand grenades before you catch them, so um, that, that's what that one was. Um, so, we've got another big week in Canberra sport. The Raiders play in Canberra against the New Zealand Warriors on Saturday. The Brumbies have a bye, and the GWS Giants start their AFL season at Marnica Oval on Sunday afternoon. So we're going to power through the lot of that, but we're going to start with the Green Machine. And they were disappointing against Caden's Knights last weekend, weren't they, Polky? They sure were. Um, I mean, Caden was pretty excited. I've never seen someone so enthusiastic in a press conference in, in my life and the, the night's press conference but um, yeah it's uh, it's uh, not a good start to the year and um, there's hasn't hasn't really gone down very well amongst the green machine faithful I, I don't think um, I guess it was meant to be a good start for them a good draw uh, the Gold Coast and the, and the Knights um, and then into the Warriors but uh, now they're under a bit of pressure 0-2 and against a Warriors team that's uh, been resurgent, I guess, uh, all because Blake Green's coming. Yeah, I guess a lot of people would have penciled the Raiders in for three wins from three games in their their openers, but now they face the reality of potentially being 0-3 and fighting to save it. Team news, team named on Tuesday afternoon. Polks, what's the update there? Um, So, Joey Leilua has been named. I guess depending on how his ankle pulled up, um, he did look a bit bit proppy walking around out there today, so don't know about that one. Uh, Michael Oldfield, named in the uh, 21, looks the most likely to come in and take his place if he doesn't get up, but I guess the uh, the big news with, is with the, the halves, Aiden Caesar comes back in to 5-8 with uh, Blake Austin going to number 14, the utility role. Uh, Joe Tappany mm-hmm. could potentially come in uh, as, a, as an inclusion, getting over his thumb injury. Um, Charlie Gubb is out with a groin. Liam Knight named in the 17 in his place. And that could potentially be... Atta Hingano. Oh, Atta Hingano the... In, the, in the 21. Yeah. Um, Former Warriors playmaker. Yeah, so he's been, uh, I think he had a pretty good game apparently uh, for the Mounties on the weekend. Uh, impressive, um, I guess, start to his time in Canberra. So that sort of earned him a, a spot in the 21, um, whether or not he sort of is needed, um, I'm not sure. Uh, Elliot Whitehead, confident of playing, although he also looked quite ginger today with a back injury. All right, so we're doing this podcast early in the week, obviously. Let's let's take a quick straw poll here. Caden, does Aiden Caesar and Sam Williams start as halves for the Raiders against Warriors? I think so. Yeah? Yeah. Polks? Yeah, I think so as well. Why? I'm not sure. Caden? Caesar's been solid in defence in the middle, and they could, uh, could stiffen up those edges a fair bit. But Austin's been playing well, hasn't he? I, I thought he looked alright on the weekend. Played well so. against the Knights. He was probably a little bit quiet round one, but 
pretty impressive against Newcastle. So, breaks. is the you, you mentioned Aiden's been defending quite well in the middle. Is this move purely defensive then? We've obviously seen the Raiders have no trouble scoring points in the first two games. Is it to give them a little bit of starch on the edges? I wouldn't be surprised because they've leaked 60 points in two games, which is third worst in the competition. So they need to do something because they've scored 56. That's going to be enough yeah. to win your games. And the Tigers have scored 20 points and won two games. So Only two tries, I think, the Tigers yeah. have scored, haven't they? Yeah. 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 Well, what what about you, Polk? Do you think it it goes to a defensive mindset there? Well, I think you have to because well, Blake, I think as you sort of alluded to, is um, his running game has been, um, I guess, instrumental in a couple of tries yep. that they have scored. Um, so I think he was he was involved in Croker's try at, at the very least on the weekend. Um, so you'd have to think so. Um, I did sort of see some comments around uh, potentially it was Austin who might have jumped out of the line that led to the Sione Mataudia try that, that won Definitely the game. was Austin that jumped out of the line. It's a bit hard to see in the, the media centre at Canberra yes. Stadium with the, the uh, nearest television 100 metres away so it's not always easy not to see. Not quite 100 metres away, Polky. It's close. It's close. <laughs> 70. 70, yeah, it'll give you 70. Yeah, my age you can barely see 20 metres so um <laughs> Look, let's not go there. It's early in the season. We don't want to get you too fired up. What? <laughs> Look, I think it is defence as well. Um, we were just talking about Michael Ennis, who apparently the Raiders are now in an Instagram war with him, are they, or something like that? You guys it's are on. saying? It's a feud. Yeah, yeah right. Well, he, he pointed out on uh, Fox Sports during the week that... Um, you know, Sam Williams and Blake Austin were both guilty of making some poor defensive errors. Polky, you were out talking to uh, Luke Bateman, was it, about the halves? What did he have to say? Um, so he, yeah, he felt that the, you can't really blame the halves, um, that you should uh, perhaps look inside of the halves, I guess, uh, for potentially the, the cause. Um, got, uh, got a bit of, bit of sound. All right, let's hear it, Polky. Yeah, let's uh, get it going. Gold. Bit of Luke Bateman gold here, if we can eventually get it going. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't think it's their, um, I don't think it's their tackling ability. Um, you know, if anything, as middles, we probably need to help them out a bit more. You know, it's a tough place to defend the edge when you're, you're defending your try and you don't have much to work with. And, and if you get surrounded out there without any help coming from inside, it, it makes it very tough. So, you know, um, I think they're, you know, making the tackle, they're fine. It's probably just um, we need to take a bit of pressure off them from the middle. That sounds like it was an exclusive one-on-one, was it, Polk? Uh, more or less. More yeah, or less, yeah. Um, in the middle of a press conference. So. I actually agree with what he's saying, though, in terms of um, watching that footage. The reason Blake Austin ran up was because there was three players outside him and he was trying to shut it down. Probably the wrong decision because there was a lot of cover coming across. But, you know, he, he was stretched out wide. So, I, I don't know. Sam Williams won as well. Um, I don't know. I think they're being hard done by and let down by the guys inside them. Mm. Well, Malmaning did say it was the forwards uh, last year. Yeah. So he knows he knows the game. So perhaps you're right. Helmers. Yeah, I think fair, but like one on one tackles, they've got to be making them, and they probably don't make enough of them. Um, but it, it is easy to exploit the guys on the edges if the blokes in the middles aren't sort of there to help out a fair bit. So. Yeah. And they can't always be there. 
is it good that they didn't win the first two games? Because of <laughs> no. well, <laughs> no, sure how you can make fr- this because it would have papered over the cracks of their defensive problems. Like so, if if they had have lost the first, uh, won the first two games, they still so would have conceded fifty four points or something like that. Well, it depends. Yeah. I mean, you're rewriting history, so maybe they've beaten the Gold Coast by. Well, six no. Tries let's just say. Of, let's just say they didn't give away. Losing by and, two points. And is it a confidence issue now? Well, you have to say it'll start to weigh on their minds. Um, yeah. Uh, but I mean, that could be a it could be a good thing. The fact that they they know they have to win. Um, they, they're up. They're probably almost underdogs in a way now, aren't they? Really, like. Um, but they were underdogs to start the season. Yeah, but not they? in their own mind, they weren't. Yeah right. They were they were still uh, they were still confident. Um, I mean, Josh Hodgson said uh, he told me that the, the expectation was still exactly the same amongst the group, regardless of what people outside of the group think. So obviously that that might have taken a bit of a, a knock, and, and potentially now they they can sort of um, I guess be a bit of a, an underdog now. Yeah, I suppose that's a good point. They can take the pressure off themselves to an extent now, rather than thinking, yeah, we should be up here, maybe. They come back to the pack in their own minds a bit, and they can just free themselves up. I'll tell you what, they're back to the pack, all right. <laughs> I just don't, I, I don't understand it. I think, like, I know everyone's talking. What is it? They lost six games by or eight, eight by six or less last year. But in two thousand and sixteen, when they played well, didn't they lose a similar amount by? Um, they they had a better. They wasn't had a it like better four and two or something. Uh, it was probably more like um, they lost five, five by six points or less. Yeah. So. But they won a few more by six points or less. Yeah. Um, so it, I guess it's probably been a, a bit of an issue for, for a little while. Yeah. But um, potentially the fact that they could just blow teams off the park um, showed or meant that they didn't need to win those yeah, games because yeah. you're winning by 10 tries. Yeah. Well, Saturday afternoon, 43 p.m. kickoff on Saturday against the Warriors. Caden, you, you must be excited about that daytime footy. Love a bit of Arvo footy. It's it's the best footy. Yeah. Why? Because sun shining, birds are chirping. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant stuff. <laughs> well, what did we make of the crowd at the Raiders game? What was it? Twelve and a half, or yeah, just 12, under thirteen? Yeah, Sunday night. So it was Sunday night, six thirty I mean, against. That's the thing. It's it's a really odd time yeah. slot. Yeah. Like six thirty. It's a TV Sunday. time slot, isn't well, it? It's rubbish. Yeah. Um, let's be honest it's yeah. just a rubbish time slot well then there's no excuses for a good crowd not to turn up this week is that 3 p.m saturday afternoon that's well, that's what rugby league fans have been crying out for for years so they have to show up this week don't they well you'd hope so but then i mean there is an excuse the, the team is oh and two so correct and it is the warriors as well yep. so there are excuses but you'd hope people wouldn't take them and do turn up because i mean if there's a more important time for the crowd to run out or turn up at Canberra Stadium, you're going to struggle to find yeah. it. All right, Polks, do the Raiders win this week, and what's the score? Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think they might. Yep. Um, I'm not overly confident. We'll go 24-18. Caden? I've said they probably would in the first two rounds. and They haven't? Yeah, they haven't. So, <laughs> so you're the mock. Yeah, I, I might say Raiders lose, and that might turn it around. All right, what's the score? Warriors 26, Raiders 18. I got a feeling the Raiders are going to turn it on this week and they're going to win 34 to 6. Right. Oh, no one wanted so to tip uh, 30 to 28 again. No, not this week. Not this week. All right, moving on to some rugby union. We'll whip through rugby. 
pretty quickly given the Brumbies have a bye this weekend. Um, but some big news out there today is that Josh Ray, the 37-year-old hooker, his season is over. Um, he tore the hamstring off the bone against the Melbourne Rebels two weeks ago, having surgery this week to repair that and will miss about five or six months. So that's, that's a pretty big blow for them. That's a big hamstring. That, that is a big <laughs> hamstring injury, but completely He's detached. He's going to the cows and the sheep. Well, I think he'll be riding the four-wheeler or the motorbike or something that's like that to get around. Worse. But, um, Caden, you were out at the Brumbies for their win against the Sharks last weekend. Did they miss Bongo, or...? I thought Falau was pretty solid in his run on debut, Falau Fainga. I think the game turned into a bit of a grind in the second mm. half. It wasn't beautiful to watch, but they, they managed to tough it out and seemed to be swallowing their pride a little bit and taking a few more shots of penalty goals. Well, here's, we talk about crowds turning up for the Raiders and, and that sort of thing. Everyone wants the Brumbies to play attacking rugby, but when they try attacking rugby and lose, they don't turn up to watch them. So the game on the weekend wasn't pretty, but they won. Do you think that'll get people back through the gates, the 53-metre penalty shots and that sort of thing? Oh, as long as they're from 53 metres. <laughs> <laughs> so you would rather them take a low-percentage penalty shot from 53 metres than turn down easy shot 25 metres out just to the left of the post? I'm not sure that's what he said, is it? Pretty close. He said only penalty shots <laughs> oh, okay. as long as they're no, from 53 right. metres. That's crazy. No, <laughs> no. I, I think it is bizarre that they do turn down mm. ones closer and they took two shots from halfway and beyond um, on what, Saturday night. So yeah. it's, I struggle to see what their thinking is there, but yeah, I don't know. What do you oh, I think they're just trying to get find a winning mentality and I don't think the Brumbies have had a captain in the last few years who has, has had that balance. I think Sam Carter was still learning. Christian was probably ready to step up and then had his illness, so he's had a bit of time away from it. They just need some game management to know when to take the points and when to go for a try. So, I don't know, but it, it wasn't a pretty game to watch, that one. But uh, it made a difference, though, didn't it? Well, it Taking did. That's, points, that's why they, they won in the end. You, you saw two tries to nil Correct. and they lose. Um, yeah. It's like, well, what's the point? Just take the points. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it as long, as long as they make smart decisions with it. And to me, a 53 meter shot is low percentage when you can take the points from 25 meters. Well, it depends. Um, as a Collingwood supporter, you remember the the Rocker brothers? They were hopeless. That's true. From 30 meters out, to directly remember. in front, could not kick, hit the side of a barn, put them outside 50 meters, they kick it every single time. Anthony Rocker was denied a good one, I think, in the 2009 grand final. <laughs> that was definitely a goal we would have won from there. Did anyway, you know that Hawira could kick it that far? I did not know he could kick it that far. Dan McKellar didn't even know. Yeah. He said in the press conference he had no idea he had that right. That run. was a, yeah. Uh, last year watching him kick, I, you know, you could have knocked me over with a feather if you had it told me. <laughs> He could kick it that far. Um, all right, other news other than um, Josh Ray being out, that opens the door for Canberra junior Connell McInerney to come into the Brumbies on a supplementary contract. He made his debut against the Sharks, played, I think, a few junk minutes towards the end of the game there. But he's a, a good Canberra junior story. And the other one who could be back for um, the New South Wales Waratahs game is David Pocock. So Poey... Uh, hasn't played for the Brumbies in almost two years. I think it's 22 months since his last game for the Brumbies. Obviously took a sabbatical and then went and played in Japan, toured Africa, went back to Japan, injured his knee, now he's back. So we'll hear a little bit from Dan McKellar 
about Pocock potentially coming back? Um, just going to get through a full week of training next week, but um, he'll be available for selection, most likely. Mm. So what do you have to see? I mean, how, how do you determine whether or not he's right? Oh, just a full week of training, you know, contact, all that sort of thing. So he's done some progressions at this point in time, which is all controlled, so a little bit more chaos in terms of what he's doing in and around that collision area, and then we'll make a call there. But he had... So, Poey, coming back. Good news for the Brumbies, Pulps? Well, you have to say so, wouldn't you? Why? Well, he's a good player. He's a world-class <laughs> player. Former Wallabies captain, um, ball-pinching machine, all-round good bloke, um, increases the social awareness of the side as well. <laughs> Does a lot of things for them. I think um, his greatest strength will be just over the ball. The Brumbies haven't had someone to, to pinch it when they're under pressure and get them out of trouble, so... Um, Massive if he does come back for a big derby against the Waratahs. First time the Waratahs have played in Canberra in a couple of years. Um, and Kyle Godwin as well uh, looks like he's going to be headed to Ireland. So I think he might have had a chat with the players this week. Um, heading over there at the end of the season. I think he's 25, 26 years old. We're going to see more of this, guys, do you think? So he's gone, he's staying for the rest of the year. For the rest of the year. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's more money over there. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It seems um, there seems to be uh, um, a, a lot of guys who uh, chances of playing with the Wallabies at the moment seem to have massively diminished. Um, and I guess they, they don't see a future there. Go overseas, get paid the same money, less work. Well, yeah, I reckon it's actually more work over there, but they don't realise it till they get there. It's just out of the spotlight of Australian rugby. Well, less games, etc. Actually, more games. Well, I thought someone was saying it was less games. Nah, it's more games, but less travel because it's all confined yeah. sort of thing. Anyway, um, don't have to trade. <laughs> big test for the Brumbies when they do play the Waratahs. That I think that's when we'll really find out whether they are a genuine contender or they're going to struggle a little bit this year. All right, moving on to the AFL, Caden's baby for this year. Got your season guide coming out in Thursday's paper. We've got the Giants against the Bulldogs Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock, first bounce, is it? Something around about there. 1.10 or something. 1.10. Um, what do we make of the Giants this another, year, Caden? Another top four finish for the Giants this year, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Why? Because they've got still basically the same engine room. Uh, Harry Himmelberg's a genuine superstar in the forward line these days. Uh, Shane Mumford will be a big loss at Ruckman, but he's pretty confident that Rory Lobb, Dawson Simpson, Matt Flynn can all stand up and fill the void pretty easily there. So I think, yeah, it'll take... Like, the Ruckman will need to lift. There's no doubt to try and fill his shoes, but I think the Giants are another top four finish this year. Well, Deledio, I think, only played, what, six games last year, and Ryan Griffin only played a handful as well. So if you add those two back into the mix, but do they have the depth if guys like that get injured? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you've got to take into account as well Dylan Shield, Stephen mm-hmm. Cornelio, all these sort of blokes are another, another year older. So um, you'd expect a fair bit of development and leadership from, from those blokes. Um, they should be looking to become in the picture for Brownlow medals and, and these sort of things now. Right. Dylan Shield can win a Brownlow this year. Right. Is that your bold call for AFL this year? Yeah. Dylan Shield for the Brownlow. I like it. And who for the Premiership? 
don't say Fremantle. <laughs> a realistic team. <laughs> Only chance Fremantle over winning a premiership this year is on PlayStation in, <laughs> in my house, I think. Uh, I'd like to see the Giants break through this year. Yeah. Um, after two years exit in the preliminary finals, I think they'd be burning and you know pretty keen to have another crack at it. And I'd. I'm going to say, yeah, the Giants Giants will break through this year. We always talk about premiership windows and stuff like that. Have they missed their chance, though? No. Don't you don't think? think? So. No. no. Why not? Well, there's... Well, how old is Dylan Shield? 25? Yeah, yeah, I know, but, like, you you need a lot to go right for you to just make a prelim final. Like, you, well, need, a, you it, need a lot to go right. They made it last year, and they had a lot of injuries last year to contend yeah. with. So I think they're well and truly in the mix this year again. Yeah. Port Adelaide before their breakthrough grand final win finished uh, top of the ladder didn't they two years in a row failed to make the grand right. final got labelled chokers that's right etc etc came through yeah um, there's no reason this premiership window that people talk about there's no reason that it should shut for like four or five years well for you Polk, who <laughs> who wins it who wins the AFL this year um, oh, I wouldn't have a clue to be honest. It's probably not Hawthorne, so it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> well, yeah, I think Collingwood might be struggling as well, but you'd have um, to say Giants for a big chance. Richmond would think they'd be around around the mark again. Um, I don't know if I could handle that. Adelaide, oh, I don't really like the Crows, but then I didn't really like Richmond either before last year. So I could um, see the Crows going all the way this year. I think they'll be in the mix again. But yeah. yeah. What about the, the Canberra influence on the AFL, Caden? So we've got, you obviously mentioned uh, very loosely the term superstar with Harry Himmelberg. <laughs> I don't know if he's quite there yet. Um, who else have we got running around in the league this year? So Ivan Soldo's going around at the Richmond Tigers. Again, he's been elevated to the senior list this season. So hopefully a big year for Ivan uh, in the ruck at the Tigers as they look to go back to back. And then we've got three blokes all at St Kilda now. So Josh Bruce has been there for a few years now. Jack Steele's there in the midfield, and Logan Austin's been drafted, there, uh, sorry, traded there from from Port Adelaide. So, Logan and Jack played a lot of junior footy together at Belconnen, and both went their separate ways in the draft a couple of years ago. Two best mates, and now they're back together again at AFL level. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how do you think the Saints will go? I guess uh, they're, they're a pretty young side. They've been knocking on the door, as they say, for a couple of years. Can they take that sort of step up and actually start to make a mark on the competition? Or, or do you think they'll just sort of keep finishing around the middle of the table? <laughs> You're up, <off>. Yeah, <laughs> almost dying here. Uh, I, I think the Saints can probably crack the eight this year, but not sort of fourth, fifth sort of thing. I think they'd be seventh, eighth if they do make it. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, they might might struggle again, but uh, hopefully, hopefully they do because it'd be great to see those young Canberrans uh, play a prominent role in the finals. Um, You've got Phil Davis, by yeah, the way. Big Phil at the Giants, Cap- co-captain again of the Giants. The big dogs re-signed there for a couple of years as well, so he's he's there to win a flag. They actually announced his signing to the Giants in Canberra, didn't they? Down at his old school in in Marist when he first signed, I think. Yep, you don't know? Well, I was down there, so it definitely happened. Ah, well, well, <laughs> um, I don't know why you're asking <laughs> What about the... You, you did a story, Caden, in Tuesday's paper, I think it was, on the Giants' future in Canberra, them talking about their 10-year deal, $23 million to play 
three games and one preseason game in Canberra for 10 years. Where's that up to? So seven years into that deal now and informal discussions, I suppose is the best way to put it, uh, have taken place about extending that beyond the 10 years, which finishes up in 2021. Yep. Um, they're hoping that things can ramp up a little bit this year. I don't think there'll be a whole lot of movement this year, probably next year, the year after everything will ramp up a fair bit this year. It'll probably be more of the same sort of informal discussions. You know, the Giants want to stay here, but interesting to see where we lie price-wise, I think. Yes, well, that's what I, my next question to the both of you. I know Polky's quite passionate about this topic, but um, so as we mentioned, it was effectively a deal um, when you take out all the asterisks and everything like that. $10 million, uh, sorry, $23 million for 10 years, so $2.3 million per year. Um, that took into account gate takings and marketing and stuff yeah, like the more, that. more crowds turn up, the less money the government pays. The crowd that has turned up over the probably last three years, I think they've gone pretty close to sellouts in all match. I don't think they've lost in Canberra in a few years, have yeah, they? Yeah, they've, they've done two clean sweeps in Canberra in a row, and yeah. I think five of the last seven have been sellouts, or very close to at least. Yep. So, what is the magic number for a new deal for the Giants playing Canberra? Caden, you're first. <laughs> well, last year the Giants said that they used the $23 million as a starting point for another deal. Uh, so interesting to see how much bigger we go, if any bigger. Give me the number. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I would give them more. But they're going to ask for more. It's yeah, no. economies of scale, isn't it? Like, they, they've got to... It would be a bad business decision while the Giants brand has grown to stay on a, on a similar deal, wouldn't it? Well, does it need to take into account whether the uh, Monica Oval gets upgraded? Well, maybe it will. Because it all comes... To, the reason why they're getting... Well, there's two reasons why they're getting paid money. Part of it is a uh, marketing... Yeah. Um, a marketing... There's a marketing fund in there to promote Canberra in Western Sydney. Um, government sees that as a, a great place to lure people from to come to the capital and see the War Memorial and Questacon and um, the other part is gate the, to supplement gate takings that they would otherwise get in Sydney. Now obviously they almost get a bigger crowd in Canberra Correct. than they do in Sydney so the, the need to supplement the crowd side of things especially if they're having sellouts and then on top of that if you upgrade Monica Oval make the capacity bigger and therefore the sellouts become bigger then there's less reason to to, uh, I guess, fund the Giants from that point of view. So you could make an argument that the money should actually decrease. I would so you're going to say, so what's your magic number then? Give me a the number. Then you've got to take into account inflation. <laughs> you're so talk, talking around and dancing around it. Give me a number. Um, I reckon they might end up at like, I don't know, 2.5 million. I was going to say 2.5 as well. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With maybe uh, potential of playing a final in Canberra as... as an extra incentive and something around Monica Oval. There's also too. the possibility still that another game does come to Canberra yep. per year because the Giants are only contracted. They only have to play a, one less game than they're currently playing in Sydney. So yep. um, there, there is room for another game to come to yep. Canberra too. Give us AFLX. <sighs> no, we don't We don't want <laughs> AFLX. The silver me. ball and the great no, big uh, no, zinger bales. They got rid of the silver balls, I think, after one game. <laughs> um, anyway, let's wrap things up quickly. Was there? Did we miss some Commonwealth Games news last week with the Hockey Roos and 
Kookaburra squad's been named. Did you get that into the podcast? Uh, I think that was after. So so we've got Emily Smith, who will captain the Hockey Roos. Cookwell. Um, Eddie Bone in there. Edwina Bone and Andrew Charter. And Andrew Charter's in the men's. Anna Flanagan's missed out, but she's now looking to the Olympics. Yeah, so she was on a camp. Um, to Perth, helping the squad get ready. Yeah, uh, she'll head up uh, next week or so. She'll head up to, to the Gold Coast. Will then help. It's, it sort of sounded like she'll help um, the other Com Games team sort of get ready, playing a few friendlies and that sort of thing in the lead up. Um, but she feels like the door is ajar for the Olympics in Tokyo. So she hasn't Good given up. Her hope of a hockey ruse return and there will be some mountain biking in Canberra this week I think uh, Rebecca and Dan McConnell will be racing at Mount Stromlo in one of their last hit outs before the Com Games as well boys anything else all good all Cavalry happy? sod turning today at the Narrabunda 4.5 million dollar ballpark renovation a bit of news hopefully coming in the next two weeks we could have an owner of the Canberra Cavalry by April the 6th, I think it is the Friday. Uh, it could be a new boss in town. Very good. Caden? Uh, Canberra Capitals still only got two players on the books, Lauren Scherf and Kelsey Griffin, but hopeful of more in the next week or so. I see Stephanie Talbot signed with Melbourne as well, so that's a big blow for the Caps. I would have hoped to get her. All right, guys, thanks for joining me. Thanks for coming in. And to everyone listening, we'll catch you next week.